0: Thank you for the worship tonight. It's good to meet with you all again this evening on this uh, beautiful Wednesday evening. And we're looking forward to Sunday morning when we can get together and uh, rejoice a little bit and uh, lift the Lord up together. It's been a little while, so even though we have a core group of us and some other praise singers have come to uh, sing to you and lead us in worship uh, we still miss everybody and uh, we're looking forward to getting together and even though we have to uh, take the precautions we need to take and the protocols of, of social distancing as they would say Amen. Hey, man I know that we will do fine And uh, we're going to be excited uh, to see you. Amen. And to worship God together once again. Praise God. I want to direct your attention again this week to Esther, the fifth chapter, also the seventh chapter, and the eighth chapter. I will just take portions of scriptures out of each of these. In Esther 5 and 14, the Bible says, Then said, Zeresh, Haman's wife, and all his friends unto him. Let a gallows be made fifty cubits high, and tomorrow speak thou unto the king, that Mordecai may be hanged thereon. Then go thou and merrily with the king unto the banquet, and the thing pleased Haman, and he caused the gallows to be made. Now, we started last week with this, uh, uh, looking at Esther and Queen Esther and how she approached the king and uh, uh, how Esther succeeding in thwarting uh, Haman's plans uh, as, as we read in, in the scripture. And if you'll follow with me in Esther chapter 7, uh, verses 9 and 10, these are scriptures that we did use last week. But we want to kind of set the stage again for a portion of what we want to do tonight. And Harbona. One of the chamberlains said before the king, Behold also the gallows fifty cubits high, which Haman had made for Mordecai, who had spoken good for the king, standeth in the house of Haman. Then the king said, Hang him thereon. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then was the king's wrath pacified. And then as we described last week, uh, In Esther chapter 8 and verse 3, Esther spake spake yet again before the king and fell down at his feet and besought him with tears to put away the mischief of Haman, the Agite, and his device that he had devised against the Jews. So let's bow our heads together again and pray tonight and ask the Lord just to speak to us once again with his word, amen, that it would have an impact in our lives. Lord God, we thank you once again. Amen, for your goodness and mercy, your loving kindness that you have so graciously shown to us. We thank you for this opportunity once again to share your word. And I pray, God, that we will all open our ears to hear and that our hearts will be open to receive what you would speak in our spirit this evening. So bless your word tonight, I pray. Let our, our lips be anointed to speak your word. And let our ears be anointed to hear your word. In Jesus' name we pray and let everybody say amen. Praise God. Amen. So you know the story. We we kind of went into the story uh, last week about how, uh, in short form, Haman uh, did not like Mordecai and uh, wanted to destroy him, but yet the tables were turned on him. So there was this problem here uh, that we read about in the book of Esther, and it was it was a man by the name of Haman who desired to kill Mordecai, but After Haman was hanged, and if you'll remember uh, what we talked about last week, even though he was hanged, the law was still out there uh, in the land to destroy the Jews. Amen. So there was still a problem that still posed a threat, uh, a common threat to all of the Jewish people. And uh, when you look into uh, our day and time or throughout history, I guess I should say, The devil uh, has always or was always a problem uh, to mankind. And so when we talked last week about the cross, uh, Jesus uh, destroyed the power uh, of the devil uh, when he died on the cross. But it was after the cross and after people uh, uh, received this beautiful revelation and forgiveness of their sins, uh, and they're bearing his name, there is, <clears throat> from the time of the cross on, uh, still a problem, uh, a problem that we, you and I still have to deal with. And so uh, last week we discussed Esther approaching the king uh, at the banquet of the wine of wine, and she gained confidence to enter into the inner court. Uh, much like we need to do, as we boldly go, uh, into the holiest of holies and so she knew that that even though Haman had been destroyed that the law that he had concocted was still in play and so she knew that she had to gain the confidence of the king actually first of all gain confidence to even enter into the inner court because she knew the consequences Uh, and the ramifications if uh, King Ahasuerus would not have received her. Uh, But it was so important to her because she knew that the Jews were weighing in the balance. And so Esther fasted three days and nights uh, before going in before the king. And uh, I like to kind of look at that as the three uh, days and nights that Christ uh, was in the grave uh, before resurrection. Uh, when we grasp the truth of the cross, uh, we have figuratively endured that three-day or three-day-a-night preparation to enter in to the most holy place. Hey Amen. This is uh, what Hebrews uh, 10 means uh, in saying we enter the holiest how by the blood of Jesus. Amen. By the blood of Jesus. And uh, that blood being applied to our life uh, matters. Uh, some people may not believe that, but, but I'm telling you tonight, according to the scripture, that blood being applied to our life matters. And by the truths of the cross, thank God for the cross. Amen. It means a lot to us uh, as in our relationship with the Lord. But these truths give revelation to us about how fit you and I are to enter into uh, uh, his presence. And we need this revelation uh, or else we will mistakenly think that we are unworthy. And <clears throat> so when, 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 uh, uh, when we speak or uh, uh, when spoke about uh, the banquet of the wine, uh, it is a representation, if I might say, of enjoying the blessings of what the blood represented by wine, did for us after we gained boldness due to the revelation uh, to enter in. So there is a truth of how we get boldness. By the blood to enter into the holiest of holies. Amen. Enter into the presence of God. Amen. Enjoying the blessings of that same blood. Amen. After having entered in. There's nothing like being able to get in to the presence of the Lord. There's nothing like being able to bask in the presence of the Lord. You see the revelation gets you boldness. Amen. Boldness to enter. And then because you and I did. Amen. Indeed enter in. Amen. We can experience the blessings of God. And that's what it's all about. Amen. We need to realize that that's what we are here for. Amen. Is to understand the revelation of truth. To understand uh, the way the truth and the life to understand the power of the cross to understand the death burial, resurrection amen and to realize that by following through amen we enter in and experience the blessings of God and it all goes back to the cross it all goes back to the blood that Jesus Christ shed on that cross for the sins of the world and so while Esther was enjoying the banquet of wine and feasting on it, she dealt with Haman. And you see, folks, we must deal with the enemy while we have a fresh revelation of the cross. Since the boldness that we get from this revelation is the greatest, having just received it. That's the reason why you see new believers so excited about the relationship in Jesus Christ and why they're excited about church and excited about prayer meeting and excited about witnessing to people, excited about reading the Word of God. Because it's fresh, it's new, it's exciting. In fact, really, to be honest with you, a lot of people do their, their most soul winning, if I could say it that way, amen, uh, when they're uh, in their early uh, years of of serving God because there's something about it. That, that they're excited about telling the story of Jesus Christ. And I would, I would hope tonight that you and I that have been in this a little while longer, uh, many years, some of us, that we would still hold on to that, that truth and the, the power of the truth and, 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 and the revelation of the truth and <clears throat> the revelation of the cross and the power of the blood in our life and still, amen, witness and tell folks about the saving power. Why? Why? because we understand this world is doomed without the hope, amen, and without our boldness to tell him. And Haman was hanged on the gallows, amen, the very gallows that he made for Mordecai. We talked about that. And we now, uh, we now are going to look at the rest of the story, as Paul Hardy would say. <clears throat> and so the events followed Haman's hanging in the story of Esther that teach us uh, more truths about our walk with God. Uh, like, like Haman's death on a tree, uh, gallows, they would call it in Hebrew, uh, Satan's defeat by the cross has given you and I great victory. Amen. But if you remember last week, Haman's death, it didn't stop there. The Jews faced still a major problem. And though Haman was dead, amen, this law that we talked about was still in effect and threatened all of the Jewish people. Amen. So notice that that when you deal with the cross, even though Satan was defeated by the work at the cross, the cross of Christ, amen, there is a law of the spirit of sin and death. I'm going to go to Romans, the seventh chapter, and I'm going to read from the complete Apostles Bible, verses 21 to 24. Notice what it said. Therefore I find this law that when I wish to do the right thing, uh, that evil is present with me. For I delight, Paul said, for I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see a different law in my members, waging war with the law of my mind and capturing me by the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Romans 7 shows a struggle uh, that believers have in wanting to do the will of God. I know all of us do. We want to do the will of God. Amen. But it shows the struggle that we have wanting to do the will of God after we are saved. But we find ourselves, amen, in, in committing evil or doing something wrong instead. This battle goes on. It wages on in our lives. Amen, and so we see this in Romans, Paul talked about it. In Romans 7 and 18, he said, For I know that in me, that is in the flesh, nothing good dwelleth in me. For, it will, for, for to will is present with me, but how to do good, or how to perform that which is good, I find not. Now notice this information that we see in verse 18. Paul has the will in his mind to do the right thing. How many of you can uh, as you sit there tonight, how many of you can say, "Yeah, I can relate to that." In my mind, I want to do the right thing. Amen. But 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 the will of our mind has come in conflict with something else. Amen. And that something else is the flesh. Amen, because we perform with our flesh. Here's something that Paul called, Paul called it, he said, "It's there's no good thing Amen. No good thing. Amen. Something that Paul looked at and said, you know what? The flesh, there's nothing good. And and he said, no good thing. He called no good thing. Was in his flesh hindering the performance of the will to do good that he had in his mind. In other words, he said, there's a war going on in my members. There's something that's happening in me. My mind says to do this, but my flesh is doing the opposite. So he says his mind or inward man he said it delights in the law of God. Romans 7:22 he said for I delight in the law of God after the inward man. So the law of God was in his mind. But he also said there was another law that was at work that was a totally different law than the one which was in his mind or the one that his mind delighted in. And so Paul called his flesh that has this no good thing that hindered him from performing the law of God that his mind delighted to do. And so His body of this death. So Paul called his flesh that has this no good thing, that hindered him from performing the law of God, that his mind delighted to do. He said, the body of this death. And so he said once again, Romans 7, 24, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Amen. So he fought... That getting delivered from his own body would be the answer to the problem of delighting in the law of God in his mind, but having another law working in that body to hinder him from doing what? From performing to do the law of God. So, folks, we all have this battle that's going on in our life. We know. What we need to do, but we have this battle in our flesh that wants to do the opposite thing. So understand you can delight in the law of God and greatly desire to do God's will in your mind, but not be able to perform that desire in your body. So think about that in your own personal life. I know what I need to do, I know that which is good that I need to do, but I'm doing the opposite or I'm doing something else. So to delight and to perform, delight and perform are two different things. So it's a lie that says where there's a will, there's a way. Where there's a will, there's a way. Paul desired to do God's law, but he did not find the ability to perform that law in his body. Instead... Of the ability to perform that will his body had within itself a power that was stopping that desire from being performed I like the honesty of Paul I, I like his honesty in telling us look amen I, I, I have my struggles I have my days I have my moments amen but listen folks here's the power of it all if Paul could only get out of that body that has that miserable power that hindered him if only amen understand this we're going to struggle we're going to have those problems we're going to have those days you're going to face those moments and those times amen in your flesh amen but the power of it of, of the story is the fact that we we must understand that that is a ploy of the enemy he's going to fight us and has, that's the law of sin. That's the law of this present world that's going to fight against us, amen, and try to drag what we know to do to be good and follow the things of God and try to hinder them from doing so. So after reading about God's law in his mind, which he delighted in, and another law in his body that hindered him, from finding the ability to perform God's law, he tells us in chapter 8 exactly what this law in the body was called. Verses 1 and 2 of chapter 8, he said, Therefore, or there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. In verse 2 he goes on and said, For the law of the Spirit of life In Christ Jesus have made me free from the law of sin and death now let's talk about that for a moment let's talk about the law of sin and death notice how notice now that there are three laws that are mentioned amen let me let me give you the highlight here number one we read about the law of God and that was in his mind that was in Paul's mind and the law that he delighted in that's what he wanted to do he wanted to do that which is right the second law another law another law here is the law of sin and death and as he said it was in his flesh that was hindering him from performing the law of god with his body in other words you have to use your body to perform what your mind delights in so that's why when we come to church for instance amen we begin to sing the songs of Zion, we begin to praise God, worship God, Amen. That's why you will find out and you will see that 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 what our mind, what we know that we need to do, we fulfill it in the actions that we perform as we worship God. It might be a clap in clapping our hands. It's going to be singing, Amen. It might be standing up, sitting down, hey, whatever it might be. But but something goes on because your your body is performing what your mind delights in. That's why I want to encourage you tonight even, amen, that when you worship God, amen, you know what you need to do, amen, but don't let that flesh, amen, hinder you from doing that which you know that your mind delights in. The third law that we see here now is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So when your mind delights in and totally agrees that that law of God is something that you should be doing but your flesh has a force in it that hinders you from being able to perform that good law the only remedy is learning about this third law that rescues us from that that awful, uh, miserable frustration, and that's the law of the spirit of life. Because once we learn about this law and what this law teaches us, we will no longer struggle with wanting to do good and not being able to do it because of the power of the law of sin and death in our flesh. So, Esther's story explains this solution through spiritually interpreting the law, the events that followed Haman's hanging. So Esther found a solution. Amen. Turn to your neighbor at home there and say, Esther found a solution. She found a solution to the problem that perfectly represents our problem with the law of sin and death. So let's notice here. Once again, after Haman's hanging, Esther's problems were still not over. And for you and I, after we experience new birth through the cross of Christ, there's still a problem that we have. There's still a problem that we face. There's still things that have to be solved. Amen. So I'm excited. Two weeks from today, the 31st, amen, it's Pentecost Sunday. Kind of slipped my mind with everything that's going on through uh, uh, this uh, uh, shutdown, this pandemic, COVID, and uh, all of a sudden today, I begin to think, and I was listening to somebody talk, and uh, uh, all of a sudden, they mentioned Pentecost Sunday, and I'm thinking, wow, I forgot all about that. But yet, here we are. Amen, here we are. What a wonderful time, amen, to understand that the presence and the power of God, amen, is so real in our lives. So let's go back and picture Haman's death, amen, as Look at it as, uh, if I might say tonight, as the destruction and the defeat of Satan by the cross. Hey, folks, let me tell you something right now. If it wasn't for what happened at the cross, you and I would not have the opportunity, amen, that we have today to be free from the sin that had us bound. Amen. That, that cross, the power of, of, of the, uh, uh, the Lord dying on that cross, shedding His blood. Why? Why? For the remission of our sins. We need that in our lives. So let me. when you look back at Esther 5.14. And you read this story. And you see the plan. And you see what transpired. And, and you see how that he had set this up. And even after. For you know if you remember last week. How that the king gave Haman his, his signet ring. And he made the law. It was distributed out all the land of, uh, uh, of uh, 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 all, all of the land. Uh, and, and all of a sudden, uh, these Jews were now targeted for the month of Adar, the 13th day. And, and they were going to come after them. And there was no way of escaping it. Amen. But now, but now, but now, we find ourselves, we find we find uh, uh, Esther going before the king. And then, then the king turns around after he realizes that he can't change that law. He can't do away with that law. And so what does he do? He gives them the signet ring. Amen. They make the letters. They distribute them. And they tell the Jewish people, this is what's going to happen on this day, on this day and this month. And now we're telling you to pick up your arms and defend yourself and fight against them. And and we want you to win that battle. And, and it shows that even in that moment in time, if you go back and read that story, that people that were around them, amen, joined them and became a part of their Jewish nation. And so the hanging of, of Haman perfectly represents, I believe, how the cross, through having hanged, though having hanged the Lord, uh, actually destroyed the works of evil. Thank God for the cross. Amen. We just came through Easter. Uh, back uh, a few weeks ago and and we talk and we deal on the cross but you know what I think it's something that you and I need to deal with every day of our life every week every month every year we need to stop and say thank you Lord for Calvary thank you for what happened because it changed my life amen let me read Hebrews the second chapter and verse 14 amen here's what he said in another translation the C-E-V He said, we are people of flesh and blood. That is why Jesus became one of us. He died to destroy the devil who had power over death. Amen. Jesus is the one who died on the cross. Let me say it again. Jesus is the one who died on the cross. But his death was a sacrifice for our sins. So we were like a man on death row who has to die because of a crime that they committed. And if we died, we would pay for our crimes completely. But what good is that once we're dead? Nothing else can happen. If we could rise from the dead, we could enjoy life free from the guilt of those crimes. If we could rise, our deaths would have totally paid for those crimes. When you totally pay for something, you never have to pay anything else again. So if we could die and resurrect, we would never have to feel guilty over those sins anymore since we paid for the guilt of them. So this is exactly what happened to us when we were born again of the water and of the Spirit. Those sins that that were in our flesh that we had committed, we now have received forgiveness for. We have now been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. We have arisen. We are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. So this is what happened to us when we were born again of the water and the Spirit. Let me tell you, it's a great thing, amen, to understand that revelation. So when we, get, when we, get, when we become born again, the death of Jesus Christ is considered our deaths. See, Jesus did not die for his own sins. We understand that since he had none. He had no sin, but died in our place for our sins. He took our place on the cross so that we could have forgiveness. So when he resurrected from the dead, he resurrected in our place as much as he died in our place. So at, you know, at, you know, and that means it's just as good as though we died for our our sins, and thereby completely paid the price for our sins' guiltiness. So, so, and you know, we 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 resurrected when you go down in the grave you die after that old man you come back up in that resurrection and we resurrect when we're resurrected in God's eyes now we can enjoy freedom from the guilt of our sins and we do not have to we don't have to worry about that amen we've got that blood applied to our lives come on that's something to get excited about tonight amen justice has been served amen we are now a new creature this is how Jesus destroyed the devil by dying on the cross you see the devil Brought death to the human race. That is what it means to say he had the power of death. Death was intended by the devil to be the final ruin of the human race. And this was actually used by Jesus in dying as a sacrifice to render the devil's power ineffective, hallelujah, ineffective. Say that to yourself right now, ineffective. Amen, when you pray the next time, pray and tell the enemy, no, your power is ineffective in my life. Amen, I've got the power of the Holy Ghost in me. Amen, the resurrecting power. You see, the same death that was meant to be your, our, I should say, ruination became an instrument for absolute glory and praise to God. Are you glad tonight that, that, that you have uh, found that revelation and that experience in the Lord, that new birth experience? Are you glad tonight amen that you can raise your hands and feel the presence and the power of God and know that it's real? Amen that it's not just some figment of, of somebody's imagination? Amen are you glad tonight? Amen that that, that, uh, uh, that that Satan's death was actually taken by Jesus and nullified amen, by his death on the cross, amen. I don't know about you, but I'm glad tonight that I that I have access, amen, to uh, his throne room. I'm glad that I have access into his presence, amen. I, I don't know about you, uh, but, but ha- who could have thought uh, uh, something like that up but, but, but God himself, who could have thought about it, amen. Haman was destroyed by his own gallows just like the devil was destroyed by his own power of death. But after Haman was dead, Haman had kicked into effect the law that still was at work. You and I too. Haman might have dealt, have been dealt with, but his law was still alive. There's something about it. I don't know how you feel tonight, Amen. But if you really would look at this story and understand that the enemy does not like you. See, Haman had a problem with Mordecai. Why? Because Mordecai would not bow before him. And that just upset him. He was enraged. And that's when he started plotting and taking counsel to utterly destroy all the Jews along with Mordecai. Who were under the rule of the king. So he made that decree. Cast loss daily, monthly. Amen. And he spoke to the king. And he said, there is a nation scattered among the nations in all your kingdom. And their law, their laws differ from those of the other nations. And then he says to the king, they disobey the laws, your laws, O king. And therefore, it's not fitting for the king to let let them alone. You can't let this slide. Haman was telling the king, king, you can't let this slide. You can't leave them alone. And, you know, so he kind of slides in and he said, you know, if it would if it, if be a good thing to you, O king, uh, let me, let me make, a, make a decree to destroy them. We, you know, they're, just, uh, they're going to uh, just create problems and, and, uh, uh, and then we will remit uh, into the king's treasure 10,000 talents of silver. And the king took off his ring, gave it to the hands of Haman to seal the decrees against the Jews. Amen. But then you know the story as Esther comes in and she begins to plead with the king. You see, Esther succeeded in seeing Haman, the enemy of the Jews, hanged on the very gallows that he had built to hang Mordecai, which is Esther's uncle. But there was still a problem. Let me tell you tonight, amen, on this 20th day of May 2020, Amen, there's still a problem. Even though there was Calvary, even though, even though the Lord uh, uh, was, was sacrificed on Calvary, he laid his life down, amen, crown of thorns on his head, uh, the, the abuse that he took, the spirit side, all, all of those things that he went through, the cat of nine tails on his back, everything he went through, and the blood he was shed for you and I. Thank God for it. Why? Because now we, amen, I want, to do the, I want to do what's right in my mind. My flesh is a battle. But you know what? Greater is he that's within me than he that's in the world. The Spirit of God, when I keep that focused and I keep that intact, amen, this flesh, I bring this flesh under subjection to the Spirit. Why? Because there's power in the Spirit of God. There's power in His blood. Amen. After, after His death, that law still stood. Amen. It had to be dealt with. And after after Christ's death, the law of sin still abounds. Amen. It's got to be dealt with. Amen. What a problem. What a problem. But what a Savior. What a Savior. A Savior, amen, that has the remedy for each and every one of our problems. And we need to thank Him for that. And in closing tonight, I want to let you know that there is no greater salvation. There is no greater God. There is no other God. Amen. And if you will just put your heart in life and trust completely in Him and realize that, yes, this is a battle. Yes, I'm going to have fights. Yes, I'm going to have my mountaintops and my victories. And yes, I am going to have my defeats. But I'm going to stay focused on the things of God, stay true with the things of God, because I know my God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that I can ever ask or ever think according to the power that worketh in me. I can't leave off that last part of the scripture. A lot of people say he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that I could ask or think. And they cut the last part of that off. But yet he said, if you want this, you got to have the power working in you. So let me say to you tonight, it is important to have the power of Jesus Christ working in us if we're going to be able to overcome, amen, the, the law of death and sin. That we face in this world today. So I, I appeal to you this evening. To, to, to maintain that devotion with the Lord. Amen. I enjoy the, the little notifications I get. From several of you that are, are reading through Bible plans. And and, uh, uh, and, I, and I must admit that I haven't stayed on mine today. I've got to do that later on. And, and get that done. But, but to stay, stay in the word of God. Pray. Amen. Seek the face of God. Stand true on the word of God. Stand on that solid rock because that's where we get our strength and our, our, our endurance from, amen, where we can withstand the, the wind and the, and the storms that come our way. What a powerful God we have, amen. If you will right now as we close this Bible study out, let's pray together and let's just ask the Lord, amen, to let this word settle, amen, these last two weeks. Just let this word settle in our hearts and our lives that we can be like Jesus, to be like Jesus, to be like Jesus on earth, I long to be like Him. That's what this is all about, is to be like Jesus. To walk like Him, talk like Him, live like Him. Amen. Let him, know, let, him, let him have control of our life, even though we know that we can struggle in some areas. Amen. Turn those areas over to the Lord, and let's be strengthened by the power of God. In Jesus' name, let's pray, Lord God. We thank you once again for this opportunity that we've had to come together and share your word. And I'm praying, God, even though we face those problems in our lives and our flesh rises up from time to time, that, God, somehow you will help us stay true to your word and allow your spirit to have the greater impact and effect in our lives than what our flesh would desire to do. Amen. So, Lord, let us understand that... Not only do we, do we want our mind to be focused on You and, 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 and desire to do Your will, will but Lord, l- l- help, us to, to help us to perform that in our body. Lord, help us to follow after that and to follow after the leading of Your Spirit. For truly, God, we know You're going to come for Your church. We don't know when. We don't know the day or the hour. But we know that in this day and time that we're living in right now, amen, that You could come at any moment. So help us, Lord, to be ready. And, Lord, help us to be watching and waiting for that event to take place because we definitely want to be there when that time comes. Amen. Bless us tonight, I pray. Bless your people. Keep your hand upon them. Let them have peace in their hearts and lives. And let them feel the touch of your healing power. In your name we pray. And let everybody say amen. God bless you. We'll see you in person Sunday morning at 10 a.m. God bless.